Galemo del Toro. Galemo. Galemo. Guillermo. Guillermo. Gear. Like car gear. Like first gear. Uh, Guillermo. Guillermo. But it's got L's in it though. Yeah. Gil, Gil, Guillermo. Guillermo del Toro. Guillermo. 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 Yeah, just go with that. That's good enough. Guillermo. Guillermo. Del Toro. Guillermo. Del Toro is easy. Guillermo del Toro. Guillermo. Guillermo. Guillermo del Toro. <laughs> it's like the uh you haven't seen the pizza yet, but I think you saw it in the previews. Streisand. Streisand? Streisand. Sand. 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 Yeah. So funny. Yeah. So funny. I know Cooper could have been up for best actor and supporting actor this year. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I didn't think about that. Uh. Excuse me. All right. Well, shall we get started here, Daniel? Let's do it. Let's do it. Welcome back, everybody, to a brand new episode of the Movies and Brews podcast, where we talk movies. And we drink some brews. I'm Jordan, and staring through the screen here is the geek of the podcast, Daniel. Hello, hello. So today, we are talking the new Guillermo, 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 Guillermo Del, Del Toro. Toro film, Nightmare Alley. Starring Bradley Cooper and Kate Blanchett. So sit back, relax, grab a drink, and stay away from carnies. Cheers. Cheers. All righty, then. I'm excited to try this beer here. Oh, yeah? What'd you got? What'd you get? From Yachts Brewing. Yachts? Yes, Yachts Brewing. It's a coastal collaboration. It's a smoked oyster stout. Oh, interesting. Sounds a little... So on the shelf, caught my attention, so I was like very, very curious. Just one of those things like, "Mm, never had one of those. I don't know, Nikasi's oatmeal stout kind of has a hint of like oysterish fish taste to it. Yeah, we'll see, we'll see. And I do like a smoked border or a smoked stout myself. I mean, I don't mind that. It's just the fishiness. I don't know. Different. Actually, don't taste the uh, oyster as much as I thought I would. It's beautiful. I've got one of the classics, the gigantic Hold Tight Tropical IPA. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. Delicious. Not quite as exotic as a an oyster IPA though. Stout. Stout. Or sorry, oyster stout. Oyster stout. Yeah, that's a interesting little taste. A little sweeter than I thought it might be too. But it's not like super sweet, but just has more sweetness than I would have expected. But not too shabby though. Interesting smell to it. All right. Well, it's important to try new beer. Mm-hmm. Well, Daniel, let's talk some uh, movie news. I know we have some new trailers that have come out recently. Yes, yeah, still no Kenobi. That was heavily rumored that we were going to get a Kenobi uh, Super Bowl trailer. So disappointing. But we got a lot of other good stuff. And we also, I don't think it was, was it, was the Jurassic Park trailer part of the Super Bowl? Or was that? Uh, it was before. before. It I came think it was a couple, couple days before. Okay. 
Well, first, I guess we'll talk about the Jurassic Park trailer because it off with a bang. We finally got an official trailer for Jurassic Park Dominion. Or excuse me, Jurassic World. My bad. Yeah, Dominion. I keep saying Jurassic Park too, but Jurassic World Dominion. And honestly, like we were kind of talking before the show because we were watching like the trailer is, you know, I think the first one was decent. You know, like I enjoyed it when I went and saw it in theaters. Um, the second one didn't really like that one. Not very good. And but I'm like, you know, but this trailer, like as far as like the the concept of the movie where the dinosaurs at the end of the second one, the dinosaurs get out into the real world and they're just kind of like overrunning, you know, the human population, I guess, by Jurassic Park Dominion, or at least like making it a lot harder and more dangerous for humans to just exist in their day-to-day lives. And I kind of like that, like kind of more like Planet of the Apes style, like, oh shit, we might lose complete dominance over the earth if like this continues, which I, I like as a concept. So if they really deliver... Like, I think this is the most interesting concept they've had for the whole trilogy. Definitely. And we get our legacy characters back. Yes. Yeah, what do they call it on the screen? Uh, the requel. The requel. Yes. Where, yeah, you get some of the old characters. You bring them back to get old butts and seats. Jeff Goldblum's back. And... I know, isn't that crazy? Yeah, we got the... Laura Dern, Sam Neill, and Jeff Goldblum returning, which is pretty exciting. And of course, Chris Pratt and Bryce Dallas Howard. But yeah, this trailer, I was pretty sold. I enjoyed the trailer quite a bit. I like Daniel saying, I love the concept of dinosaurs roaming the earth now. We're just not stuck on an island anymore. Like they're out there, they're roaming. It's going to be a little bit of like the, the end of the lost world, but uh, probably on a grander scale. I hope so. Because again, this is like the most interesting, I think, it could be it's like you know fighting for dominance dinosaurs versus humans you know seeing what happens the struggle i want to see them struggle oh the struggle will be real i hope so i hope so too i know watching the uh, pterodactyl scenes i'm like it, it's if birds i'm convinced too especially like ones like crows and ravens stuff if birds were any bigger like even if they're half the body size of humans they would literally try to kill us on a day-to-day basis I mean, the birds. Did you not see that movie? Birds are mean. And yes, of course I've seen that movie. <laughs> Plus they hold grudges. They really do. They do. Yeah. They got good memories. And yeah, they would. Uh, I'm convinced they would try to kill us. They take shots. That's for sure. <laughs> the interesting life way to live if we we're constantly dodging birds in our day-to-day existence. <laughs> Insurance would be a lot more expensive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But yes, um, and as far as going to Super Bowl trailers, I think the biggest one is we got a new trailer for the Multiverse of Madness. And holy shit, after watching this, I'm like, I've seen so many breakdowns because I'm like, yeah, like it looks cool. I love that Wanda is in it as pretty much like now the Scarlet Witch with Doctor Strange. And oh man, there's going to be so much cool stuff. We got so many little glimpses of like Ultron bots and People, you know, it seems like Professor X is going to be in it. Yeah. You can hear Patrick Stewart speak in the trailer. Pretty badass. Pretty badass. That's pretty badass. That trailer, I thought the first trailer at the end of Spider-Man was cool. This new trailer, wow. Yeah, this looks insane. As I hope it is, yes. (laughs) 
I, I hope so. Honestly, as far as like all the new Marvel movies that they announced, like probably like one, two years ago at this point, this is one of my favorites because I enjoy Doctor Strange the most and you can do a lot of crazy and weird stuff with them. So to go straight into Multiverse of Madness with him and Wanda, uh, one of the most like excited I've been for a Marvel movie in a while. Besides Spider-Man. Besides Spider-Man, yeah. Well, but I think after Spider-Man, this is my next most anticipated Marvel film. I mean, this just looks phenomenal. Can't wait. At least we'll have the Batman in between. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, we're talking, like, it looks like possible cameos from, like, Professor X. We're looking at possible cameo from, like, cameo, like, multiverse versions of, like, Mr. Fantastic. There's a... Cool. There is a... Chris um, Evans back as the Flash. Or as a Captain America, the Human Torch, not the Flash. Oh yeah, oh maybe that'd be kind of cool. Um, <laughs> that should be kind of cool to get him back in that role. One all of these the, years later. <laughs> one of the interesting things is like in the trailer, it looks like it's Captain Marvel that's like glowing and kind of attacking, but people are rumoring that that's supposed to be the superior Iron Man, which is I guess is the version of Iron Man that controls three Infinity Stones. So when he gets really angry, he glows that same color. That'd be badass. Is Which that is the one? rumored is that to the... be good. That's that's the one that's rumored to be Tom Cruise. I heard okay, I've heard that rumor too, which I would I'm all for that. That would be so cool. I mean, I think that's interesting, especially because Tom Cruise is one of like the people they initially considered to play Iron Man in the original film. So I think that'd be kind of a cool nod to it. I wouldn't that have been totally different. Oh yeah. I I don't think we'd have the Marvel universe as is. If no, Tom Cruise is I think he would have been just fine, but I thought downey jr was perfect for the role you couldn't cast it better but so it's i don't know i'm really excited there's a lot of crazy stuff in this trailer i mean even on the poster that they released which is badass it's just a bunch of shattered glass and there's a few things that you can see you can see captain carter's shield as captain britain if she like essentially if she became um like if they use the super serum on her that's her character that's cool that was in what if that's um, really cool so it looks like i mean there, there's just so much like wall-to-wall packed trailer and i'm really excited to check this out i'm excited for this yeah getting those trailers both of those trailers this last week so cool i love both of them can't wait for both movies looking forward to it yeah i saw a 30 second top gun spot that was pretty cool still anticipating that movie Plus we got the a full trailer because we got the teaser trailer a couple weeks ago, but we got a full trailer for the Lord of the Rings Rings of Power uh, TV show on Amazon that comes out in September. And, you know, I don't know a lot about extended lore or anything for the Lord of the Rings. I'm not sure either, but I'm very curious to see where things go. Yeah, because I think it's supposed to be like, I don't know if it's a prequel. I just know it's supposed to be in-universe. Which, I mean, there's so much you could do in that universe. So you literally do anything. So I don't know. I, and I thought the trailer looked okay. Like, I'm, I don't, like I said, I don't know a lot about the Lord of the Rings lore or anything like that. So, but I'm definitely interested in checking it out when it comes out because it's coming out on Amazon Prime in September. So there's no way I'm not going to check this out. Yeah. Same especially, here. Especially because they're really committing to it, all like five seasons for a complete show that's pretty much prepaid so crazy yeah so crazy i mean they're already like a billion dollars in that's that is unheard of that's so crazy <laughs> for a show 
I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. As a Lord of the Ring fan, I'm definitely looking forward to it. Yeah. And just a couple more because they're jam-packed wall-to-wall, but they announced Sonic the Hedgehog 3 is in development. Already? Wow. Already. Um, which cool. That's I mean, if they if the second one, the second trailer looks good, I'm excited. I enjoyed the first one. It was just a fun, good romp. So expecting more, especially with the new characters that they're putting in. Here, well, classic characters, but you know. Hey, so I'm excited to see them. Why not? Why not? Bring it on. Why not? Apparently, Jim Carrey really is gonna play Robotnik in the third one, too. So okay. Let's do it. Um and another one, Spider-Man No Way Home passes Avatar at the box office for domestic. Domestically. So it is now is a higher box office than Avatar, but who knows about Avatar 2 through 7? Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, yeah, that's pretty crazy. It's 1.8 billion worldwide right now. Yeah. It hit that mark. Unless it gets released in China. For some reason, it hasn't. I don't know the reason why, but it has not opened up in China. If it does, that's an easy two hundred thousand right there. It's gonna it's gonna hit two billion if it does open up there. But oh, otherwise, yeah, I think it's slowing down enough. It's not going to unless it opens up in that market. But yeah, it's crazy. One point eight billion. I mean, that's pretty. That's crazy. That hasn't happened in forever, much less in COVID times. Nope, not since two thousand nineteen. Yeah, I mean, it feels like forever. I guess that's not super long ago, but. It's still pretty crazy. It's still a great milestone. Um, okay. Two more things, because just packed. But I guess Peacemaker, uh, ahead of its season one finale, got renewed for season two, and James Gunn is writing and directing every episode of season two. Sweet. Uh, and the last thing is Ivan, Wright, or Ivan Reitman died, the guy who is most known for directing Ghostbusters. He passed away this week. Yeah, heard about that. That was a bummer. Yeah, died at age 75. Directed some good ones, though. Yeah, you don't forget about Animal House. Come on. I know, but I'm like, well, Animal House is also pretty well known. I know, when he's like, I was looking, I was like, oh, director of Kindergarten Cop. I'm like, really? But I think for most people, it's Ghostbusters and Ghostbusters too. Actually, wait a minute. What did I think? Maybe it's just involved in writing because John Landis was the director of Animal House. What was I thinking Animal House? Maybe he was a, one of the writers on it. He's not listed as a writer either. What the hell? How did I have that mixed up? Well, who knows? Okay, yeah, sorry. Yeah, not director at all of uh, Animal Okay. Meatballs, Stripes, Ghostbusters, uh, Ghostbusters 2, Kindergarten Cop, Dave Jr., Six Days, Seven Nights. Well, I remember that one. That's a. Okay. Okay. But yeah, so he passed away this week too, which sucks. But, you know, at least he. Uh... Oh, and twins with the Schwarzenegger and DeVito. Well, <laughs> it is cool that he was able to live through and see, like, at least his son, like, essentially you know make a new ghostbusters that i think lives up pretty good to the legacy he set up yeah no totally well yeah that's too bad that's it that's all i that's all i have for movie news it was a packed week that's all i got for movie news all right cool well let's move on here 
to other goodies we saw this week. I've got at least one I want to talk about in particular. Okay. What, about, what about you, Daniel? Um, what did I watch this week? I'm like, I watched Nightmare Alley. That was a big movie. I don't think I watched anything else besides some reality TV with Shiloh this week. <laughs> All right. Well, I made it to the theaters last week and I saw the Paul Thomas Anderson latest licorice pizza. Very nice. Yes. Written and directed by Paul Thomas Anderson, starring Alana Haim and Cooper Hoffman, which I didn't know this till later. Just didn't put two and two together. Cooper Hoffman is the son of late actor Philip Seymour Hoffman. Oh, really? Yeah. No idea I was watching his son on screen. And I think this is both of them's only uh, credit, only movie credit. But uh, anyway, I had a good time watching this film. You know, I, I was sold by the trailer. Been wanting to see it for a while now. And I was not disappointed at all. I had such a good time watching it. It, yeah, so much fun. The story revolves around um, Gary and Alana um, growing up and running around going through, you know, just San, San Fernando Valley in the 1970s. And nice. it was, uh, yeah, such a fun song. The, the way the whole movie starts off, too, is just great. Their introduction and everything. But it's about their growing friendship. Yeah, I think he, I think they're 10 years apart. Like he's 15. She's supposed to be 25 and it's about their growing friendship, but yeah, it was, it was a fun movie, had some good laughs in it. And you know, it's two and a half hours long, but did not feel like a two and a half hour movie. Like, Is it really two and a half hours long? Damn. Yeah. Didn't feel like that at all though. Well, okay. Sorry. I take that back. Two hours, 13 minutes. My bad. I mean, still a pretty decently long movie for two and a half when you add in previews. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But yeah, I went saw it. I had a good time. Really enjoyed just everything from the setting, especially being set in the 70s was great. I enjoyed the humor in it, the music in it. I, I just had a good time watching this movie. And I'd like to see it again. I honestly, um, yeah, we did our top 10 list a couple of weeks ago. If I had seen this before then, I think it would have made top 10. Really? For 2021. Yeah. Okay. It, right. I think it definitely would have. I think at the very, you know, I had for a number 10, a really, to me, really fun movie, not popular by a lot of people, but fun for me was the uh, Night of the Dead or whatever, Day of the Dead or whatever that Zack Snyder zombie film was called. Oh, yeah. Fun movie for what it was, you know, supposed to be, but yeah, I think Liquor's Pizza definitely would have knocked that out and gone somewhere on the list, probably even higher, not just spot 10, but higher up on the list too. Like it was a good movie. I had a good time. And like I said, I want to see it again. Okay. But yes, licorice pizza. Yeah, I don't want to give too much away. I don't know if there's any too much. What I liked about this movie too is it felt like instead of like act one, act two, act three, it felt like it was more like in chapters you're watching stuff happen. Okay. Without them actually putting like chapter two, blah, blah, blah on the screen. Chapter three, blah, blah, blah. Nice. Okay. I mean, I don't, I definitely am not against that. I mean, like, Love the French Dispatch, and it very much had like almost a chapter by chapter thing. Yeah, I this mean it was article by article, but you know, yeah, it similar. wasn't quite quite laid out like that. It just kind of felt like that while you're watching. Okay, it. Oh, okay, I get what you're saying. But anyway, fun movie. I highly recommend it. Go see it in theaters if you can. Yeah, it's not streaming anywhere. Just see it in theaters if you can. Licorice Pizza. Awesome. Up for 
it's up for best picture, best director, original screenplay. I want to say a couple others, but it's up for some big awards this year too. But yeah, licorice pizza. Definitely felt like an Oscar movie. When you see the trailer, you're like, oh yeah, this is, they're full on going for it. Which is fine. I mean, I, that's not bad, but it which just came off as one of those movies. It's kind of funny it. in uh, one part of the pre or in one part of the movie, you, you kind of get a glimpse of this in the trailer. They're kids performing on the stage with bunk beds in the background and everything like that. Yeah. Like, and the song they were singing was uh, Yours, Mine, and Ours, which I have known for years because of the movie Yours, Mine, and Ours. Right. They'll be yours, mine, and ours. So anyway, I just, that cracked me up so much. I was like, oh, I know this song. I mean, probably it looks shouldn't, like... but I know this song. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, it might, they might have been doing Yours, Mine, and Ours as the stage play, right? It's just a bunch of bunk beds, right? I don't think so, but but yeah. Maybe. Correct me up though. But yeah. That's sweet. See I know. I'm I want to. I'll see it eventually. Do it. All right. Yeah, the only other thing I saw was last night after Nightmare Alley. I uh went home and watched La La Land. I just hadn't watched that movie in a while, and I'm like, I just feel like La La Land tonight. I mean, you got the brand new. I mean, I think like, the 4K steelbook. Yeah. Sweet. Pretty sweet. Nice. Yeah, I sat down last night and I watched La Land and I just had a good time. I, w- I wish I could have, because yeah, after after uh, Nightmare Alley, I went to a nearby place, had some had some food and some drinks, and then went home. I'm like, man, I would have loved to just gone back to the theater and watch La Land in theaters again. That would have been so cool. Yeah, that would be sweet. Would have been great. But yeah, just watch it at home, but still fun. Nice. Still a great movie. Love still the music. holds up. Oh, totally. Music is amazing. Both the score and the songs. Gosling and Stone are just amazing. I love them so much in this. Well, that's all for me for stuff I saw this week. Very cool. Two movies I highly recommend. Yeah, definitely check out Licorice Pizza. Promise. I promise. Better. And I got at least see a couple more like again just we naturally go and see more like it just feels like naturally like we go to the movies and then we at least see half of the the best picture nominees organically every year and then this year was like oh we only saw one that was nominated just by just going to movies week to week that we covered yeah i'm gonna hopefully see a few more i don't think i'll see all of them Oscars aren't until the end of March, I hear. So we got a little bit still, which is so weird that they're so late this year, but whatever. Uh, so we got a little bit of time. Yeah, I'm like, now I can say I've seen two out of 10. Yeah, I think three out of 10 for me now. What, what's the list again? Uh, Belfast, Coda, Don't Look Up, Drive My Car, Dune, King Richard, Licorice Pizza, Nightmare Alley, The Power of the Dog, and West Side Story. Okay, so I've seen three of 10. <laughs> i've seen two Oof. all right well let's get into one of them daniel and let's talk nightmare alley you don't fool people stand they fool themselves nightmare alley directed by guillermo del toro did i get it right that was the closest you've been yeah so yeah yeah guillermo was good. del toro and kim morgan based on the book by william Lindsay gresham directed by guillermo 
Del Toro. I'm just going to call him Del Toro from now on. <laughs> Music by Nathan Johnson. Starring Bradley Cooper, Rooney Mara, Kate Blanchett, Tony Collette, Willem Dafoe, Richard Jenkins, and Ron Perlman. So, Stan is an ambitious carny with a talent for manipulating people with a few well-chosen words. Hooks up with a female psychologist who's even more dangerous than he is. Dun, dun, dun. So Daniel, dun, dun, dun. thoughts on Nightmare Alley? We're excited to see this movie. Did the tra- it, trailers pull you in? Yeah, I mean, I remember seeing the trailer, and you know, Guillermo del Toro. Like, if his name's attached to it, it's usually piques my interest because a lot of the stuff that he does, I really enjoy. I mean, even some of his lesser enjoyed stuff by main, well, mainstream people. I mean, I still love Pacific Rim. Objectively, Nightmare Alley's better, but damn, I love Pacific Rim. It's one of my favorite movies to watch. Well, you and you're pretty big on Shape of Water too when it came out. Oh yeah, that was great. Um, you know, so this movie came out and I'm like, okay, well that um, I don't know. I was interested, but I also kind of like it had a mystique because like the trailer doesn't really tell you much about what the movie's actually about, which I guess is part of the reason why I don't think a lot of people saw it. I mean, and around us, like it was in theaters and then like out of theaters, like within a couple weeks and then they just kind of put it back in theaters since they announced the oscar nominations yeah i I mean i I think spider-man's just been dominating because it came out the same weekend as spider-man yeah and spider-man cannibalized like it's less popular like it just wasn't as popular so spider-man cannibalized like its screenings which is too bad but i mean you saw it in theaters i actually watched at home on hulu which I guess, yeah, it's streaming on Hulu and on HBO Max right now. So if you have either of those, you can watch it. Or if you have a theater next year, go see it. Or go see it, yeah. I mean, honestly, it's hard because it's two and a half hours. I just couldn't work it in my schedule because going to a movie, that's still a three-hour block with all the bullshit in front of it. Sometimes it's almost better for me, though, because then I don't look at my phone or anything like that in between or pause to go to the restroom and pause for this, pause for that. I just watch it. That's true. And I get that. And I'm engaged I, in it more. Well, to its credit, I was engaged the entire time. I didn't look at my phone. I didn't play on my phone. I was just like, because that's the thing. The trailer like intrigued me. But honestly, the trailer, like, and I think it's part of the marketing. I had no idea what this movie was about. Just the visuals. I'm like, this looks interesting. I know there's involves like carnivals and oddities and stuff. Like after World War One, it sounds like. And I'm like, okay, interesting setup. Guillermo del Toro has cool visuals and very suspenseful movies. So I'm like, okay, I'm in. I I like the aesthetic, so I'll I'll watch it. And watching it, I'm like, yeah, I didn't, it was two and a half hours long and I was hooked pretty much the entire time. And honestly, how this movie just goes about everything, I was intrigued until the very last and how it actually wraps everything up, I thought was beautiful. Oh yeah, we'll talk. That, we'll talk that in two when we get there. Yeah. Yeah. For so for me, I went into this. I just didn't know what I was getting into. I'd seen the preview. Felt like months ago. I. I it's weird because as many times as I saw that goddamn jackass trailer, every single time I went to the movies, I only saw a Nightmare Alley trailer. It feels like once maybe. Right. So a few months have gone by, and I kind of just forgot about it. Or, or just kind of forgot what it was about. I, I knew the movie was around, if you know what I mean. Anyway, just totally forgot what it was about. Didn't really know at all what I was getting to. Kind of knew it took place back 
you know, early 1900s. That's about all I knew. I knew that it had Bradley Cooper and Kate Blanchett in it. That was about it. I even forgot that Del Toro directed this. I forgot that this was a Del Toro film. So, okay. yeah, and I, I, I'm going to completely admit, you know, we picked this, like, yeah, let's watch some of the Oscar nominations movies. And we picked this, and I, I kind of went into this at first, like, ah, I'm going to go to the movies. And I want to see, on, I mean, if I'm going to see, I'm going to see on the big screen versus at home, but I still kind of like, I kind of almost felt like homework for a second there. But my God, 10, 15 minutes into this movie, I mean, that those feelings were gone, and I was in. Yeah. I was in. And I just had a, I had a great time watching this. Um, overall, I think the first act and the third act are definitely my favorites. The middle act, I, I, it felt like it kind of in some ways drug on a little bit. I don't know what you would change, but it felt like it a little bit slowed down in the third act. But the first act and the third act, I was all in for. My okay. attention was there. But man, did I have a good time with this movie. The cast is phenomenal. Just everything from just, the looks and the lighting of everything very film noir feel to it that i just loved so much the cinematography amazing the score was amazing i loved everything about this movie in fact you know i talked about licorice pizza a little bit ago being on my top 10 this probably would have been as well if we had done our list you know if we had seen this either prior or done our list later this probably would have been on the top 10 for last year yeah but oh. I, had a, I had a good time though and uh, yeah i'm excited to talk about it yeah, and honestly, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think for sure this would be on my top 10 because, and one of the things that obviously neither of us find, but like this movie is long, two and a half hours, and it's not action packed. It's an extreme, like it's film noir. So it's a slow burn all the way through. But like I said, I, I didn't feel necessarily, I get like, yeah, I feel like the first one, like, like the first act got me in immediately. The second act, like, I think is the weakest of them, but it's still like, I think it had a consistent slow pace. Um, so I don't, I don't feel like a drag. It just was a long movie. It yeah. really, you know, but again, it was a very slow burn from start to finish, but how it introduces everything and then how it all comes together at the very end. I just was like, holy shit, that was incredible. Um, honestly, I wish I had time to go see it in theaters. I might still try and make time to see it do it yeah damn it, it was, was a good theater film and it was also like i was so intrigued because again like yeah i saw the trailer it's been a while um but i'm like you know game of the like good stuff love shape of water love a lot of his other movies so i'm like okay i don't know what it's about but i'm just gonna go in and see what happens you know and to go from like we went from the carnival to them leaving the carnival for the second act of them having like their own show in like psychic showing in like hotels and stuff mm-hmm. to like the third act where it kind of starts going off the rails or well not really off off the rails but like you know things happen and it was just awesome and you know the only thing i knew going into someone just you know because i i watched a video that someone was talking about it well i watched part of it because i didn't want i wanted to go in as blind as possible but how somebody said like, yeah, it's about a psychic con man. And that's all I heard before. I'm like, nope, that's all I want to know. Um, but to actually find out that he's not actually psychic, like I thought it was more of, because he's known for like paranormal stuff. Like he did Hellboy in like The Shape of Water. I always forget he drank Hellboy. Hellboy 1 and 2. Yeah. But so to go and I'm like, and to find out he's just strictly a con man, 
uh, and not actually like a real psychic. I'm like, okay, all right. But I was, I had a great time. I loved this movie. I was enthralled the entire time. I mean, Bradley Cooper too. Uh, what a cast. Oh, Wait, yeah. Brad, but yes, Bradley Cooper. Continue, continue. Sorry. Oh, I mean, Bradley Cooper was amazing. Um, Kate Blanchett, she played the um, therapist, right? Yes. Yeah, she was like amazing and like had a very cold, nefarious presence, but she was incredible. Um, and it also like, it feels like this was almost like an all-star cast of, for Guillermo del Toro. Cause I mean, it was an all-star cast, but like kind of like some of his favorite people. I mean, we have, I mean, Ron Perlman was in Hellboy. You know, uh, one of the random carnies that you see in a scene was one of the characters in Pacific Rim. That's part of their crew. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. He's in it for like a second, but he was in it. Um, and, you know, the Mr. Grendel, which is kind of like the uh, old, you know, eccentric billionaire character that we meet in like the second and third act. Uh, he was he was the the artist from The Shape of Water. He was in The Shape of Water. Yeah, I, it's always fun seeing him on screen. I first got introduced to Richard Jenkins watching Six Feet Under. He was great in that show. But yeah, it's fun to watch him in movies now and then. But I mean, yeah, like Guillermo del Toro brought back so many people that he's worked with before. I don't know if he's actually worked with William Defoe before, but damn, he was one of my favorite characters. Oh man, yeah. Oh, and he was only in the first act. Yeah. Man, did he bring the creep on? <laughs> yeah, he really oh, did. Oh my gosh. But yeah, um, it's like, where should we start? I mean, I guess, yeah, like we should, do we already lay out what the movie was about? Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, I mean, let's talk that first act then because, I mean, Bradley Cooper is kind of, he's kind of like a, a nomad when we first see him. Well, when we first see him, that, is that a spoiler? I don't know. It's the opening that's, scene. Yeah, that's the thing. Is kind of is. Okay. Well, we can generally talk because, like, you know, one thing I thought was interesting is, you know, at times I'm like, I'm so enthralled, but I'm like, when I was kind of came out a, a little bit, I'm like, is there even a score? Because a lot of this movie, just like, there's a lot of silence in the movie, well, and I think that good they use it very sparingly. There is definitely a score in there, but like, it's not in every scene, and it's. It's crazy. Like, I thought that was very cool. Um, it's kind of adds to like the uncomfortable edge to it and like the darker tone. You know, it's not like No Country for Old Men was so enthralling. And it, I didn't even realize till I watched the review that there's no score in it. Then I'm like, holy shit, I didn't even realize. You know, it was kind of the same way here that there is a score, but it's used sparingly. And I thought that was great. Mm -hmm. I mean, when we, we meet Bradley Cooper's character, it was kind of interesting because it kind of like, builds the mystique of the world and the character because he doesn't say anything for the first several minutes people like no talk it's like at, him. It's at least 10 minutes into the movie here before he says a word yeah and, and, I, so and I that actually had me at the edge of my seat i'm like when's he gonna talk and like what are his what is his first words gonna be yeah and i thought that was an interesting artistic choice because he's not like a mute or anything he just doesn't say anything the world just kind of happens around him for a little bit which i thought was awesome um and we already mentioned William Defoe as Clam Hoatley, Hoatley. Uh, 
but yeah when he walks into the carnival and i love like the aesthetic of like the 19 20 30 something like carnival which just sounds like these weird little attractions like i like the spider lady you know they have like the electric shock the spider know. lady correct me <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know they have all these odds i'm like dude this looks so cool world's okay. strongest man electric girl <laughs> yeah and i love all their fun little like, make man that oh my god watching that guy bend and how, how flexible he was oh, oh. yeah I mean, just to have that whole aesthetic was amazing. Just kind of get like submerged in that like carny, like gypsy lifestyle of the time. Like I thought that was some of the best stuff in the movie. I really loved all of that. That yeah, that whole first act with all the carny and everything was just that was just something else from Cooper's uh, from uh, his character Stan meeting Zena and their growing relationship with her and her husband Pete. That was very interesting stuff um what <laughs> oh here's something funny what so I, I knew kate blanchett was in the movie and for a second i thought the uh tony clay the xena character played by tony clay was her for a second and i was just like i mean yeah it's like blanchett man she looks different these days maybe i just haven't watched her in a while but no i'm pretty sure that's kate blanchett I haven't seen her in a while but huh Finally, it was, I don't know, more and more scenes going on. I'm like, no, that's definitely not her. And then I was like, oh, yeah, okay, okay, okay. That's, yeah. You're like, she's, you know, I'm like, oh. Yeah, I mean, I love seeing Tony Collette. She's in a lot of different stuff. I mean, she was great in Knives Out. She's one of yes. the Yes. And again, not knowing what this movie's about, I didn't know if we were going to spend the entire movie in the Carney world or not. I had no idea. Yeah, I know. Part of me was like, I hope so. But I also Part love that the... The first third of this movie is him like getting inducted into like this lifestyle and like, you know, like being kind of like a freelance carny hand. Um, but then learning the grift of being a like a carnival psychic. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love how they show like, because, you know, like, yeah, they do the tricks and like they're pretty convincing, but I love like the scene where he's helping Xena like collecting all the questions and then he brings it out and as soon as he goes behind they switch out the baskets and they put the real basket underneath the stage where they can feed her like answers and you know like what to actually say which i thought was so cool and then we learned that they've been working on this for years and years and years have this little book of like these like use the i don't know like keywords or like word like a system to essentially say it without saying it which i'm like dude this is i mean it'd be impossible it would be so hard to come up with this on your own but then to like actually have to memorize it too i mean that's just what happens when you do it for years and years but i think that's was really really cool yeah yeah. it was so interesting and so cool to watch (laughs) and i love how they go through like the grift of a couple of like i love how they talked about like how the electricity actually works you know because obviously she's not in like lethal danger or anything she's still getting shocked but not like as bad as it the performance is but oh i loved when you first see her and she just like touches both of the things and you just see electricity coursing all over her body such a cool visual that was such yeah very very cool visual there yeah uh i just oh what was i gonna say um i i just love too uh, like this kind of goes back to the very beginning of the movie and when he's kind of first getting involved and going to start working for the carnies mm-hmm. um 
you know, it's pouring down rain. I'm getting flashbacks to Dumbo when they're setting up the tents and everything. I mean, it's pouring down rain, cold. I thought of that too. When he like, got, this when is he got what off, I wish Dumbo was. Here's a, here's a good Del Toro is because when when uh, the stand character got offered a hot meal, I was thinking in my head, oh yeah, hot meal sounds great right now. Yeah, exactly. You, you just that's, get that's so good, submerged. That's how good he did though. Yeah, setting it all up, making you feel like you're out in the cold, pouring down rain with all these guys setting up stuff, working. Yeah, I know. It, the environment of this movie is unmatched. Like, it it was amazing. Like, yeah, you're right. You're, I didn't even think about that until you just said it. But yeah, like, going from that to be like a hot meal, and you're like, fuck yeah, I want a hot meal. Yeah. You know, like the character and you're just like, oh man, that, that'd be a great release from this not so great situation we're in. Yeah. What did you think um, of the? Uh, I don't know. See, I don't know if these are spoilers or not, though. As the scenes with the geek. I mean, mm, I, I, I'm trying to tiptoe around so much. Well, a couple more. Let's let's see. Um, what else can we talk about? Well, we haven't even touched on uh, Molly, played yes. by Rudy Maria. Yeah, we'll um, talk about Molly because that was the main love interest in uh, Electric Girl. <laughs> electric girl exactly i think she did great and she had a very like i don't know like especially when she was in her red costume very reminded me of like uh jackie like jackie kennedy movie Mm -hmm. um i don't know what else she's actually been in but i really liked her character she's been in a few things but i guess i haven't really seen much of her in anything that I've actually watched. But um yeah, I don't know. I feel like we should just go into spoilers so we can really get into it because man, like how this movie like artfully introduces everything and then brings everything. I, around I was gonna say I, I definitely end. think it's better just to know less when you go into this movie and just get lost in the world. Yeah, I'd recommend it. But yeah. All right. So yes. That's definitely two recommends for Nightmare Alley. You can stream it on Hulu and HBO Max, or if it's playing a theater near you, just go see it in theaters. Yeah, they're playing all the Oscar noms right now. Yeah, even what's the uh, Day of the Dog or something of the dog with with the... I think it's House of Dog. The Power of the Dog. There we the go. We're both dog. wrong. Yes, <laughs> with Doctor Strange. Yeah, that's uh, in theaters too now, and that's a Netflix movie. Yeah. So yeah, go check it out. Go see some of those movies. Go see. Like I, know, I hate. Too. I hate it that I'm like of all the ones that are in theaters. Where I'm like, fuck, I want to see Dune again. <laughs> I I know. Same. <laughs> like yeah, it's three hours long, but damn, I want to watch it. It's so good though. So good. But yes, okay. Let's go into like spoilers because damn that opening scene. I was just like, from as soon as it started, I'm like, what the fuck's going on? And then just how it from him, like because opens with Bradley Cooper, um, pulls a body pull, into a floor. <laughs> yeah, pulling a wrapped up corpse into a floorboard, lights it on, lights the whole house on fire, and just walks away. And I love how that's his character intro. And again, he doesn't say anything for the first ten minutes, so he's just like, like cuts from that to him just walking through the rain, and eventually he gets like off. Of, then gets off a bus or at least at the bus station then he sees the sees the uh one of the carnies and he follows them to the carnival and then he just kind of 
and then we oh yeah and then we get him and we meet the geek which was i was that like yeah this movie is definitely rated r oh yes which also for nothing else bradley cooper smokes constantly (laughs) yeah yeah. can't even get that in pg-13 anymore no but i'm like this totally fits especially for the time oh especially you know but to see yeah that was freaking brutal and i love how just like you know and it's kind of one of those things that like true crime's big now but true crime has always been kind of big in like u.s history like we've all just kind of always had a morbid fascination with things i mean to see like oh yeah this is an extra show 25 cents you get to see this guy eat a live chicken be like i'd pay to see that (laughs) 25 cents hell yeah (laughs) you know it's just like what the fuck he's like is he man or is he human and then it's just like this fucked up dude Man, just comes at first out. i'm like okay this this geek character is definitely a part of the act you know it's all just like get the whole crowd going kind of thing but then you find out no not really no he's literally they caged this guy up like an animal and everything he's Start pretty him. much a, he's a slave well he's not pretty much he is a carnival slave it's crazy well and how he and when when uh willem dafoe's character describes how you find him and how you get him get them to where you want them is like oh my god <laughs> and you're like you just got to find somebody who'll he'll walk in looking for a job and you're like mm, no no well you know we could use a geek you know it's, it's temporary i just love he's like you gotta emphasize that temporary uh and then you just he's like yeah you just pay him with a couple bottles of booze a day you know and then you get him and then he's like and then you put this but he's, opium. But he's specifically saying like, you got to find a drunk you got to find somebody that's just down on their luck going nowhere kind of thing and just desperate yeah it's oh god it's so and crazy. then to have him just go through it, like yeah and then you put this little opium tincture and essentially get them hooked on the alcohol but you're really getting them hooked or more hooked. you're getting them hooked on alcohol and getting them really enthralled with opium to kind of just like really just get that kickback and then they just like, you do that for a while, then eventually you just give them the chicken, tell them, bite it, and they'll do it. I'm like, so crazy. I mean, but it just like adds to like, and it's not even like, like we can look at that now, like that sounds evil, but like in the context of the movie, like it's still evil. Like they keep this guy caged up, you know, he's just like essentially not even a person anymore. No, it's cage him, starve him, all that stuff. Make him desperate so they will do something crazy like eat a head off a chicken. Exactly. Bite into his neck and blood. I mean, watching him bite into the thing and the thing slowly die was crazy. Oh, I know. I did like I didn't expect it to be that slow. And then he just ripped the head off. Like, whoa. Oh my god. That was when I'm like, holy shit, this movie is I know. I'm sitting there in my seat, like, oh shit. <laughs> Oh man. Like to go, man, and just to go from that and essentially moving, you know, trying to think. I mean, yeah, then we go from like all this carnival lifestyle to him starting to learn the grift of the psychic from Yeah, he uh, he befriends um the Xena character and her Pete husband Pete. He befriends them, they teach him the ways, they bring him onto their act, make him a part of it. And meanwhile, he's also enthralled. He also likes uh, this Molly character and starts falling for her. I really like that scene with them on the carousel dancing. I thought that was a really nice scene. Yeah. And then he goes in for a kiss and she runs off. <laughs> Doubt. <laughs> but I, I liked all that build up and everything to where after Pete's death, he's like, you know, 
he convinces her like we can go we can leave this go into the city if we want to and we can make something of ourselves i've learned some things and we can you know we can make it big as an act we yeah don't instead need- of just doing this rinky dink like carnival like we can play in hotels we can we can booked all over the country which is also interesting because there is a point in time and i mean there this is like come around several times in like u.s history especially where like the fad was you know psychic readings and like stuff like that like it's happened in like i want to say it was probably like early i think it was like the most notable was in the early 1900s so it's kind of interesting to play into that and like you know people's fascination with like the beyond i guess yeah and to actually have this going on i mean honestly it's very cool to have them like do a more theatrical version of what the carnival was i mean honestly i when they're like in the hotel and they show them like doing their act and he has that sweet blindfold on. I was like, wow, that's, that's showmanship right there. And I'm like, I would have gone to see that. Absolutely. Oh God. We, real quick, before we move from the carnival stuff in the first act, we didn't even talk about, uh, I keep forgetting the character's name, Willem Dafoe's character. We didn't even talk about his uh, crazy collection of stuff that he uh, pickles, fetuses, animals. Yeah, like all his dead things. He has that like, weird like i mean talk about creepy i mean i like how they offer him like you can sleep with a mattress which is kind of funny because it's like crummy mattress sitting in a bale of hay on the ground but you're like well it's better than the ground itself but yeah sleeping next to all that stuff oh i know i just love and again they bring that back in the very end but i love that i forgot they what he named like i want to say it was like morris or something just from but that big like baby specimen that had the eye on the eye on the forehead. I'm oh. like, whoa. Said his mom died at birth and everything like that. Yeah. <sighs> but yeah, no, definitely worth noting because that was that was creepy. It was interesting, but it was definitely creepy, but also like just an old school vibe mm-hmm. that I loved. But yeah, I mean, so now we move on to I guess acti, which I thought was very interesting. Each they the acts are broken up and the only signifier is the like kind of like the i don't know what type of cut to call it but essentially the, the screen slowly goes back and like goes into a little circle and then expands again and that's the end of the act start of the next act mm-hmm. uh, which i loved i mean because we end act one and then it does that then it's like two years later which i was kind of interested that they did a little time jump but i at the end, I think I appreciate it, like, especially with two and a half hour long movie, if you, you know, meticulously planned out, it felt like so. Yeah, instead I think of, yeah, this, uh, I was fine with it. There's like, all right, they've been doing it for a little bit now. Here they are primed up. Yeah, you know, and you, they say it's like not, it's still not exactly like it's pretty much down pat, but you know, they do mention like she screwed up a little bit in like the wording for like the his signals and stuff. But, oh, I guess, you know, what I think is one of the coolest things that the the through line from the beginning, first act to the end ending is when he, uh, when Bradley Cooper's character is learning from, what was it? What was the psychic's name? Talking about Zena? No, her husband. Pete. Pete. You know, one thing that I think he kind of like gives him an air of caution 
He's like, the reason I don't do is because like, once you start believing your own lies, that's when you lose, you know, that's when things can get dark. And to go from that to like, he fully, like by the end of the movie, he fully believes that he's pretty much like, oh, I'm psychic, you know, like at least in a sense, which I thought was really interesting because from going to like, he's, he learns to read people. He learns to predict, you know, he does that. He learns the art of like that cold reading and you know they bring their carny tricks by also but he also just ups his own charisma and perception of different people that i don't know it just man, bradley cooper was just so damn good in this movie yeah he, he was awesome in this role yeah it's kind of cool because he does a lot of comedies but it was really great to see him just like really just act his ass off and it was awesome love to see more of that but man it's just so good um yeah and i guess i guess the second act where it kind of just slows down a little bit gets slightly boring ish per se like i'm not bored watching it but it definitely slowed down on the second act the second act was definitely my least favorite of the three acts mm-hmm. but yeah we catch up with the uh, stan and molly they're performing shows and working together as a team and then yeah eventually we meet up we meet kate blanchett's character dr ritter and uh, yeah, her everything with her character. Oh my gosh, <laughs> yeah, I loved it. Yeah, she she was awesome. Um, yeah, her character was just like very stone cold, but also like see, I don't know. I it was kind of interesting. Like until the end of the movie, I'm like I didn't know where how I felt about her character, whether she was trying to help or actually hurt. Until like the reveal at the end, that I was just like, okay damn like she she was playing the long con Mm -hmm. which again is like you know kind of through lines like you know first rule of running a con is don't get conned it's like if you believe your own bullshit you're conning yourself and then it leaves you vulnerable to get conned yourself to man but to kind of like slowly go from like them performing their own like shows to like slowly moving into um Bradley Cooper's character moving into doing private seances for super rich people Mm -hmm. you know and starting with that the judge and his wife about like wanting a seance for like their son that died in world war one god I know that was one of the biggest surprises in act three that scene oh my god yes but yeah performs for them and then yeah we ran into richard jenkins character ezra and he wants to be reunited with his long white long lost wife that died years ago mm-hmm. and yeah just all the stuff with that um yeah i mean i guess we kind of move into act three i mean act three is mostly he's gonna perform for this guy he's gonna he's gonna help the uh ezra guy see his long lost wife and he's uh, I guess uh, I've explained. I guess they're having issues. Him and Molly starting to have a little issue. She kind of just wants out of this, as far as like, yeah, she's like essentially in the camp. Was like, it's fine to entertain people and do like the show, but you know, they talk about like air on the side of caution. Was like, don't do a spook show. Don't don't make people believe. You know, it's just it's it should be for entertainment only. But he's taking it. He's essentially believing in his own bullshit, which is where they're really airing on the side of like you need molly's like i don't want to do this anymore you're going too far 
and we're getting in too deep but he's like no no we're going I'm, from entertaining to wealth well it's where it is like we're conning people now at this point but yeah like they're straight ripping people off i mean even to like ezra's character like tell him like i can pay you ten thousand dollars a session in 1942 1942 something like that like a load of cash in 1942 what'd you think of uh ritter's office i love the production design of her office she does her therapy sessions and everything. Oh I loved that too. Like the, the sliding door entrance to just, it was beautiful. I'm like, damn, that's like awesome. I would love to have an office or just a, an apartment that looked like that. It was awesome. Yeah, I, I dug it. Everything was clean and functional. Like everything with her, even her old school technology, tape recording system, everything, everything is just, again, it was just so cool. And that right there felt very Guillermo del Toro. Definitely felt like, some areas in like uh the shape of water mm-hmm. which was awesome um trying to think but yeah i mean to go into the third act where he's essentially like doing multiple sessions with ezra miller and oh well i really loved how his introduction to him which also she warned him he's like he's unhinged you shouldn't you shouldn't do this like the therapist is telling him that clay blanchett's character is telling Bradley Cooper just not engaged with this. It's like, it's one thing to do the judge. Like, he's kind of like, nor here nor there. He's very gullible, but he's like, this guy's unhinged. He's got a lot of money. If you fuck him over and he knows it, he's going to fuck you over. And to have that, and then to, again, but he's like so full of himself and like, so he's just like, no, I got this. It's fine. Then immediately to get introduced and it's very serious. He's like, go take out everything from your pockets, take off your jacket, all that stuff. And then to immediately go up and the first thing they do is attach them to a lie detector. Mm-hmm. I was just like, it was a very tense um, scene. But I'm like, cause part of me is like, is he gonna be so good? Like I, part of me is like, well, he, he believes his own bullshit which eventually is kind of where it leans into that he's like, is he gonna fake it? Which that was interesting that he initially had issues with the lie detector. And then when he started to essentially make stuff up and like bullshit them is when he started to pass it which kind of really sub- like a little bit subtly not so subtly leans into him just like again believing in his own con essentially conning himself which I I, I thought that was really cool wow, there's just so much to love I love this whole movie yeah yeah I, I'm trying to, I guess I just want to talk some maybe some key parts here like let's talk about that ending in the snow I love the visuals of that so Molly's gonna run off and go. Sounds like it sounds like she's just gonna go back to the uh, carnival scene, right? Yeah, I mean it sounds like that. He she's talks her. And, he catches up with her at the train station. Talks to her not going. Talks to her and it's just one more. Let me just do this one more act for this guy. He'll pay us ten grand, and then we'll just either go back to just strictly entertaining or we'll just disappear for a while. But so she's back for one more. And yeah, that whole setup of like, we're going to make him think he saw his, because they find pictures of his paint, like drawings of his old wife and she resembles her. So like, we're going to dress you up, get you all set up. And he's going to you know think for a moment, he's been reunited with his wife that passed away a couple decades ago. And then that's it. Well, you're just going to walk away. And I thought the whole, I thought that whole scene was great. It's just the visuals of the snow, but man, with the aesthetic of everything just so cool back in that garden area. 
Oh yeah, yeah. the point. Her walking through the snow in the dress with the fake blood on her hands, which is oh my god, so good. Just, I mean, I freaking love that, and especially how he. Well, one thing that we shouldn't brush over because we did mention like the judge and his wife, but mm. I was shocked and I was like, "Holy shit, that was crazy!" Because you know, again, believe in his own bullshit. I'll stop saying it now. But one of the things that I loved is when they're like, he's trying to get her back. I think that was about that time. He's like, you know, like you know, like you said to not do this, but like I feel like I saved the judge's marriage. You know, it's like I gave them hope. I, you know, I wasn't ripping them off. I was just giving them hope, and I think they're better people for it. And then cut to the third act where we see uh, the judge's wife talking to him for a quick second. And he's like, you know, I was thinking about someday we're going to meet our son again. And then just like, yeah, we will someday. And then she just shoots him in the head and then she shoots herself right in the eye. Well, she's like, why not make it now? Or why not today? And then, yeah, boom. And then, and then just, I was like, oh, fuck. And then turns around and like right in her own eye. Boom. And I was not expecting that, but I'm like, damn, that was shocking. But I'm like, that just, oh, the suspense and tension of that was incredible. Yeah. And then to like cut to, yeah, the, the, the con, surprise, surprise, didn't work. And to immediately go from, oh, shit, to, well, and he essentially kills. I think he kills him. He does kill him, yeah. yeah. Well, unintentionally, yeah, intentionally, unintentionally, yeah. I mean... Part of it, it, it was, yeah. I guess he never wanted him to like walk up to her, but he wanted to insist it anyway because it, it was about seeing her from a distance, and then, you know, he was going to get her, get him to get down on his knees and like close his eyes, and then she was going to disappear. Mm-hmm. Um, but he walks right up, and then finally, um, Molly just breaks character. It's like I can't do this. I just I can't I can't. And he's like then that that's where he figures out well, what the hell's going on here? What is this? And who are you? And then he slaps her, and then. And that's part of his reaction it was like, you know, he slapped my woman, so I just punches them. And he just never stops, just repeatedly just punching him in the face over and over and over. I mean, I mean they show his, his, nose, his, his nose like clean, busted off. That shot was just like, holy fuck. Yeah. And then to like the getaway where I, that was insane, like that, that explosive ending to that. And it's like he beats him to death, that his guard comes out and he starts shooting on him. And then he just backs into him flips him over the car and then he just drives over him again and his like the shot of the guard just lying there with his arm just like snaps and oh, that was insane yeah i was sitting in my theater seat just oh damn oh. i know i was at the edge of him like holy shit like this is shit hit the fan you know and then and it hit the fan it didn't stop molly rightfully so just is like fuck it i am I am done. Walks away. And then he tries, Bradley Cooper goes to the therapist to try and get his money. And she ripped him off. She stole all his money. Where where was, at this point, was Molly still, are you assuming she just went back to meet up with the Carney lifestyle? I, I'm assuming she just went straight, bought the first ticket out of the fucking town. Which, yeah, we, we didn't, in some ways, we didn't get a, a um, satisfying conclusion with her in a way. Yeah, I mean, she's just like wanted out. She just disappeared. But I, I think it was more like, all right, I'll meet you somewhere. I kind of look at it as like, I'll meet you somewhere per se. Let me go get money real quick. And then that's where just more shit keeps going down. 
because yeah, he goes to meet up with Kate Blanchett's character, which all of their scenes together, like whether it's therapy scenes or just anything, were just so great. I thought, mm-hmm. like when she reveals her scars and everything, just, oh man, there's definitely one thing that Del Toro did great with this movie. This movie just had this haunting to it. Yeah, this film noir haunting to it that I thought he did an incredible job with. Yeah, for sure. Like that's one of the strongest like like again the the atmosphere of this movie is incredible and to i don't know it's it's incredible so to go to that and then essentially Kate blanchett like the therapist steals all of his money shoots him shoots his ear clean off and then says like you know like one of my patients is trying to rob me or something and then yeah. you know he's just and then from there on he's on the run goes to potentially choke her with the phone cord dial in for murder style yeah i thought he was gonna get her like i thought he was gonna i, I thought for her. a second too like oh man i would it was it's gonna be one of those crazy endings where they both just end up dead but even, like i was thinking if he was gonna kill her then her guards would come in and shoot him and then they're both dead but no we got an even better ending Oh, yes, we did. But, but yeah, I, just I love, love the visual, though, him running down the hall, blood everywhere. Crazy. You know, and then to stow away on the train behind a bunch of chickens. And eventually, like, he gets away. But it's not a happy ending because he essentially just, he's got no money. He's got nobody to turn to because he screwed pretty much everybody over. And Hang, to, with bums. I mean, to end to, like, cut to, like, some time has passed where he's just like riding the rail sleeping near the train stations like he's a bum and he's hanging out with bums and then i just love that solid ending where he wanders into a carnival that was great look i mean he wanders into a carnival looking for work and you know has that conversation where he's like oh you're a boozer i don't hire no boozer well, hang on, man. I got something for you. And then just feed him the same line that um, William Defoe's character told him. Like, How that's how would you get you a geek. like to be the geek? <laughs> but I, I just love that because, like, it's only temporary until we find, you know, a permanent one, but it's, it's work. And I just love Bradley Cooper's just like broken, so broken down at that point. He's like, that laughter that that laughter alone should have got him an oscar nod oh my god that was i I used this before for the movie but like that laughter was haunting at the very end i mean it went on and on and then till it just cut to black yeah like damn that and what a satisfying ending though i was not expecting everything like i was i didn't know what to expect but to have something like especially in act one just introduced and so perfectly comes full circle all the way around and just the way it ends was haunting it was incredible like it made the movie top tier everything lands perfectly yes oh man yeah i think if i were to grade this out i I give i'm stuck between an a minus and a solid a it's not quite a plus and i think it's because the second act again kind of slows it down a little bit but overall very solid film Love the film noir, like the love letter, Del Toro's love letter to film noir was just so great, so haunting. The score again was great. Um, the acting from everybody, not just Bradley Cooper, from everybody was just top notch, great. Loved it. 
again, I think just the slowing in the middle keeps it from being a high A for me. But otherwise, this was a great film. And like I said about Licorice Pizza, this probably would have been in my top 10 of the year. Yeah, I think so too. Had we done our list later or watched this sooner, would have been top 10 of the year for me. But damn, I love this movie. Yeah, it was incredible. And I would see this in theaters again if I can, if I got time for it. I think I'm going to see this again in theaters. I don't know. I mean, right now, I was riding high. I love this movie. Honestly, I would give it, I, I am going to give it like an A+. plus. Like, it was just one solid, haunting, slow burn from end to end. And how it completely comes full circle at the end was incredible. And from the character intro of Bradley Cooper to him, not even speaking for the first time, it just, it all worked for me. I loved every second of it. And I was so enthralled the entire time. And again, it just ends so perfectly that I was just like, it just kind of got, you're just like, holy shit, that was an insane experience I just had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think upon a rewatch too, it might even go higher. It might be an A plus upon a second watch. We'll see, we'll see. But. I mean, I'm sure watching it again, you'll be like, oh, these are, I mean, there's so many like early signs of like things to come. Like there's literally a tarot card reading, you know, just like if crucial decisions, will end in your like death you know and it does and to that an extent and that laughing at the end though yeah i loved it uh, it was definitely uh, a different type of horror than guillermo del toro is definitely known for but it it was haunting all the no, same it worked it worked all right well that is our review for nightmare alley which was interesting to see. I was curious what the Nightmare Alley was. I was curious to see uh, what, yeah, we didn't really talk about that. Uh, is, is Nightmare Alley was essentially where they drop off. That's where they dropped off the geek, right? Yep. He's almost dead. Drop him off here. They'll take care of him. We just got to drop him off and run. <laughs> Hopefully don't get yep. caught. Exactly. Uh, disturbing. Disturbing, disturbing. All right. Well, yes, that is a review for Nightmare Alley. We both recommend you go see it. Check it out. Dana, where can they find us? They can find us online on movies underscore brews, Instagram and Twitter. And if you haven't, if you've seen it, let us know what you think about it. I mean, honestly, it was, we both obviously really liked it. I mean, it's streaming, it's in theaters, it's also on HBO and Hulu. So go check it out. All right, everybody. Well, we'll be back next week with Uncharted. Will it be any good? We will see. We will see. Good night, everyone. Good night. (laughs) Cheers. Cheers.